When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On today's podcast, Adam Richard returns for our Mission Impossible series as we tackle Mission Impossible 2. My name is Justin Hamilton and watch out for the pigeons on Big Squid. Hello and welcome to today's latest Mission Impossible episode. This is a really fun podcast about a movie that is all over the place, but it makes for an hilarious chat. After the podcast, I'll swing by to let you know about upcoming events and how you can save some money by attending them. But for now, it's time to catch up with Ethan Hunt and his team as they set down for their latest adventure in the mythical land of Australia. It's time for a Mission Impossible 2. Agent located. Identity confirmed. Good morning, Mr. Hunt. Sorry I barged in on your vacation. Well, Mr. Hunt, I don't quite know where to begin. You know me? No. Should I? She's got no training for this kind of thing. But to go to bed with a man and lie to him, she's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. Welcome to Australia, mate. This ain't funny. The mother of all nightmares is on the loose. I don't think I can do it. I mean, it'll be difficult. Very. Well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Difficult to be a walk in the park for you. You gotta be kidding. 
Each will destruct in five seconds. Out of all the Mission Impossible movies, this was the only one I had not seen before, and everyone told me not to bother seeing it because it was terrible, and I've now seen it, and I'm angry at all of you for talking it up. (laughs) (laughs) This is a hot mess of a film, right? It is a stinker. About about twenty five minutes into this film, I was like, "No, this oh. is this it," and it was. It's yeah, it's like Tom Cruise's hair is doing more acting than he is in this one, mate. His hair is out of control. Yeah, <laughs> his, his hair is too much. It is uh like it's a really beautiful film. Yeah, to look at. Yeah, but you don't want to turn the sound up at any point. Oh yeah. <laughs> Or put the subtitles on for that matter. <laughs> no. It's like quickly, what are they doing up? Let's uh let's dig into these um <laughs> into some of our segments to begin with. And the first segment is always when did you first see this movie? And my response is Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> when did you see it? Did you see this at the cinema? Um, I'm trying to think if I did. I, I think I might not have. I think I saw this on a video. Oh. Uh, or a DVD because it was 2000. Yes. Um, so this would have been the height of my uh, gigging. So there were, you know, I was very rarely able to go to the movies because yeah. I was, you know, either asleep or at a gig. Yeah. Um, or working in pubs as well around that time. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I I don't remember seeing it in the cinema. I remember watching it on video and going. Oh, yeah, no, that's as shit as it looked. Yeah. <laughs> it looked yeah. shit in the ads, and yeah. that is as shit as it looked. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the most reliable uh, trailers that you'll ever see oh, for a yeah. film. So uh, for our segment, Stamped That Passport, these are the locations mm-hmm. and whether we have visited them. Australia, yes. Yeah. It's a lot of Sydney. It's a lot of Sydney. <laughs> This is one of those rare times we can actually say we could possibly be in the background in this movie. Yeah, well, potentially. I could I could have been doing a gig somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was up here doing gigs in Sydney by that stage. So yeah. uh, then a USA. So yes, we've both been to the USA. But have you been to? I thought that was a Grand Canyon to begin with, but it's uh, it's somewhere in Utah. Uh, oh, like Death Valley or one of those? Yeah, Something no, like I've that. not been to Utah. I've flown over the Grand Canyon. Oh, have in, you? On a, on a, first time I went to the UK, I went the wrong way because um, <laughs> it was cheaper right. <laughs> in New Zealand. So I went to Auckland and then flew Auckland to LA and then LA to London. Like it's a long wow. way. Wow. Um, but the lovely uh, Kiwi pilot, as we were going over the Grand Canyon, it was kind of like near sunset and he's like, oh, let's all have a look at the Grand Canyon. And he's like banked the plane one way and then tilted it the other way so we could all look out the window. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Very different times, right? I know. <laughs> Far out. Uh, and also, have you been to Spain before? I've never been to Spain. I've not I... been to Spain. I want to go. I'd love to go to uh, I'd love to go to Barcelona. It looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. I've been Spain curious for quite a while. Spain but, curious? Uh, but um, 
All that tapas, I would probably be the size of a whale by the time I left school. Oh, mate, I'd be, I'd be massive as well. I'm, all, I'm also starting to realise that I don't want to go flying anymore if, if my plane's going to bump into massive balloons that China keeps sending around as well. So. If anyone... They're very high altitude, those balloons. They're higher than the planes go. Oh, man. Last thing I want to see is something silver bobbing along the window as I look out. Um, so the segment, the year in action that this movie mm-hmm. came out, uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, man, no. <laughs> oh. I should I should force Ben to watch that for Space Policy, shouldn't I? <laughs> I th- is that why this film kind of had a bit of a stink to it? Because it was a very Scientology-heavy year. Oh, yeah. I wonder, actually, that's interesting. Um, uh, yes, because that was very prominent. in. Uh, yeah. Even though that was a, a, a stinker of a film, it, it was very much yeah. in the... Uh, Zeitgeist at the yeah, time. Yeah, everyone was talking Elvron and the weirdness and, yeah. and <laughs> Forrest Whitaker and John Travolta with their weird masks on. Oh, mate, so weird. Uh, also, that year <laughs> was... You know Can I tell you, one of my favourite trailers of all time is um, for Battlefield Earth, and is it Barry Pepper, who's like the main yeah. actor? Yeah. And at the very end, he says we're going to fight, but he's got kind of an accent uh, so it just gets to the end of this tortured trailer. Like, this looks like the worst film of all time. And he goes, we're going to fart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you probably will. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's, it, it's, a, it's amazing the little things you'll grasp onto in, in, a, in a film or something to get you through it. When, when I saw the, the movie The Last Airbender, because, mm. because uh, that – uh, an awful. Oh, it's funny, isn't it? But you know, in the UK, bender is uh, you know yeah. a derogatory term for I'm gays. Right here, I know. I'm so sorry. But it was making me laugh all the way through the film when they'd be like, "Quick, run! It's a bender." <laughs> what is this homophobic, terrible movie? <laughs> it's the only. It's the only way I could focus on the film and get some sort of enjoyment out of it. So, so uh, Battlefield Earth came out that year. Charlie's Angels. So the first oh, one, great film, yeah, fantastic. Mm. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, amazing. Uh, Get Carter, oh, the new Get Carter, yeah, which I have never seen. Uh, the no. new Shaft, yes, and, there's a lot uh, of that going on that year. Yeah, <laughs> and a uh, little film called X Men, which will have uh, has a weird relationship with this movie. It has a very strange X-Men. relationship with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the segment all star guest stars in this film it's Thandy Newton, uh, Doug... oh Tandy Way apparently it's pronounced. Oh Tandy Way is that how we say it yeah. now? Well, it I... was Tandy, but it was always meant to be Tandy Way. Oh right, I I saw the change in the spelling and mm. I thought that maybe people had just been misspelling it, but they've also they had been mispronouncing yeah. it. Tandy Way, yeah. Tandy Way Newton. I quite like that more actually, yeah. to be honest. Or is it Tandy Way? Oh, it's, anyway, it's, Tandy Way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doug Ray Scott, who, well, you know what, I've got it in, in the, um, I've got it in the squid bits, but we might as well touch on it now. Uh, uh, but we can touch on why later. I think but he's Dugray as well. Weirdly. Oh, is that Dugray? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'd re-record Foreigners all of this. And weird names. Mate, just <laughs> thank God for our next guy, Richard Roxburgh. 
Oh, Richard Rocks, bro. That's right. Yeah. It was but, kind of a nobody then. <laughs> no, I know. But he is now. And John Polson, who is. John Polson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson doing the weirdest accent I've ever heard. Mate, it's so bizarre. I couldn't work out if he was trying to play Kerry Packer. Like, I, yeah. I was so bamboozled by someone who was such a sublime actor. Yeah. It's like, what is going on with him? And I, I, I put this down to direction as well. Yeah. You. Um, I, I think uh, Brendan Gleeson is of the Angela Lansbury school of even when he was young, he was really old. Right, yes. <laughs> it looks yeah. like he could have been 22 in this movie, but he looks like about 50. And I'm like, yeah. he's still 50 now, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's rough when you're younger, but it comes in handy when you get older because everyone's oh, yeah. like, oh, you look fantastic. It's like, yeah, no, look I just great. look terrible for many years. <laughs> uh, uh, Ving Rhames returns and mm-hmm. also, once again, someone who is all over the shop, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, man. It, like, And you're just like, why are you in this film now? Like, like why? Why? It's such a good question. He doesn't really have anything to do. No. No. Like, he's got less to do than Henry Zerny had last time. Right. He's, he's got, you know, nowhere near as much to do as John Voigt. He's, right. He's essentially playing the exploding tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he really is. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> I wish that's what he was playing now. <laughs> you um, left out my favourite star. Who was that? Tom's ugly cousin. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I did. Who gets a weird credit at the end and I don't know why. Yes. It's, um, it's rough, isn't it? Tom's cousin who has the same facial features as Tom, but just like they're in the wrong order and he's nowhere near as attractive. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Um, it's like uh, when they, they pulled the biscuits out of the oven. They for- Oh, hang on. There's still one in there. <laughs> um, so <laughs> uh, our segment, uh, the last segment before we get into it, uh, Cruising Around the Mission. These are the movies Tom Cruise made before and after. So mm-hmm. in 1998, he played nothing. Uh, but in 1999, he did Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia. Oh, and- 2000, he does this, Mission Impossible 2. In 2001, he does Vanilla Sky. Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting period for young Tom. And he also yeah. produces The Others, which I remember really enjoying. Yeah. Is that Quaron? Uh, is that? I, 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 I can't it's, remember. It's uh, definitely um, uh, Nicole Kidman. And it's a ghost oh, yeah. story. Oh, yeah. She's in it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, are you looking that up? Yes. Um, I will tell you. Oh, no, uh, it's Alejandro Amenabar, who was one of the... the uh, one of the game. The Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then uh, in 2002, he makes Minority Report. And oh, great film. Appears uh, in as Austin Powers in Goldmember in the movie version. Yeah. And then in 2003, he does The Last Samurai. So... It's oh. it's a real scattershot period for Tom, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's it he's gone from being, you know, a bankable star to someone that thinks they can do anything. And 
to varying degrees of success. I'd say his performance in Magnolia is quite successful. Yes. Oh, I think uh, I think the there's a look that he gets on his face when his character's on TV and he's getting shut down and I mm. feel like that's that's Tom right there. <laughs> that's Cruz. Um but yeah, I think it it just feels very weirdly scattershot and it also I feel like this film is kind of like like worse than the sum of its parts, if if that makes sense. It's like right. the whole thing they've decided to make it in Sydney because so was it so Nicole could hang out at home, like so they could take the kids to Australia for a few months or something. Like, it was a weird decision, yeah, to film it in Sydney because it seems not to be integral to anything. Yeah, um, they very rarely use the the location for what it you know it could be used for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um and and I know it was the year after the Matrix. So the Matrix had become a, a massive bizarre success that no one expected it to be because it was a kind of a small budget film. Yeah. Um and everyone's like, "Oh, well we've got to make a film in Sydney to be successful and have lots of slow motion." I'm like, "Oh man, you, that's not the answer." No. <laughs> the last thing this movie needed was to be slower. Oh, good man. Um, let's rip into it. So with an opening that includes Richard Roxburgh, a terrible CGI plane and some strong Aussie, Aussie, Aussie culture, it is a dire start to the film. Adam, what went wrong? Why do you get Richard Roxburgh if you're going to make him Scottish? No, he was South African. I couldn't tell. I couldn't work out. I thought he was Russian. (laughs) He was going all over the place. Yeah. I thought he was from Belarus. I had no idea and, what was going on. And I, I distinctly believe that they cast DeGray Scott because uh, he was the only person that looked like Tom Cruise from far away so right. that you could legitimately have him wear a Tom Cruise mask. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a weird start. So there's, there's two things that I've written down for you. Is um, a biochemist expert forced to create a biological weapon so his employer can benefit from the cure feels pretty COVID-y to me when you're uh, watching it now. <laughs> one of my hu- biggest complaints about this film and many films since, including the most recent James Bond, is that there is nothing dramatically exciting about an invisible disease. Right. Like nothing. You there's nothing. Like yep. there is nothing like in, interesting about like nanotechnology is is not interesting unless you turn into a borg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh anything you can't see is literally you can't see it. So how is it dramatically satisfying? Yeah. And 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 uh actor just acting s- Sleepy and a yeah. little bit, you know. Having a coma now. Yes. <laughs> he gives a shit. But also, so this guy's got the, he, he creates this biological weapon so his employer can benefit from the cure. And then why does he inject himself and then carry the cure? Like, is that... I, uh, I, I, I didn't understand that bit either. Anyway. Also, yeah. like, it's so... Like giving it pretensions with the chimera and Bellerathon, you're just like, oh, d- why? Why yeah. do we need this? Like, it's just to give it a fancy name, and it's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. <laughs> this whole film. <laughs> I was um, 
for everyone listening, I was literally saying to uh, Adam before we started recording, I'm so glad that it's you and I doing this and not doing it with Ben because Ben would just be angry, whereas we are oh my God. We're, we're having too much fun just being resigned to the fact that this was awful. Can you wait? We'd spend the whole podcast having to hose him down. Well, <laughs> we, we'd like probably... Leo Wanker on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference. That is a reference. You know, um, the last thing I needed to find, <laughs> the last thing I needed to find in this podcast was you and I accidentally defending this film like we did with Thor: Love and Thunder. But anyway, oh, man. <laughs> so, so the second thing that I struggle with the start of this hmm. film is I don't feel invested enough in these movies or the team to give a shit about Tom Cruise being impersonated by someone I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like it's it, a weird opening. It's like if this was the fourth film, you'd be like, oh, man, this is a well, problem. You, Someone's well, pretending to be him. Yes. You know, if this was like, uh, what is it? It's Dead Reckoning, which yeah. is part one coming out this year. So if maybe the start of Dead Reckoning part one or two was mm. him being impersonated, you'd go, oh, no. But this one, it's a bit like you, you're relying too much on us being invested in Tom Cruise to yeah. give a shit about this opening. I. I think part of that is due to the story writers, which is uh, Ron Moore and Brandon Braga, who yeah. Ron Moore is one of my favorites, like, you know, created Battlestar Galactica yeah. and um, For All Mankind. Uh, amazing writer. Um, but they had just come off writing Star Trek The Next Generation for like seven years and had just done the uh, Star Trek movies um, the first couple of Star Trek movies, including First Contact, which was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess they've just gone, oh, yeah, it's it's a movie, but it's really just an episode of a TV series. Yes. Because it's a continuation, but it's like the second movie and it needs, it needs more than, you know, <laughs> an invisible monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I, I feel like you could excise that whole opening and just start oh, yeah. with... Uh, start with Newton trying yeah. to break in and have crews popping up and you're going, oh, what's going on here? Now, that is a fun scene. Yeah. Like her trying to steal the necklace and he's he's been there the whole time. Yeah. Like that, maybe, the, you know, the movie gets off to a more fun start and then, mm. you can, and then you can hear from weird Anthony Hopkins what's already happened. Oh, yeah. Like you could just say, look, here's you there. I wasn't there. Yeah. Ah, you know, anyway. But, you know, the the, the th- third thing that I, I, when I first wrote these things down, I had two, and then I added a third one just before we started recording. I don't know <laughs> if I want to start these types of movies, watching innocent people die. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit too dark for it's... this type of film. And look, I mean, you know, if this movie had come out even a year later, and it was heavily delayed... Yeah. already, but yeah. if it had come out even a year later, like a plane flying into a mountain, that just that whole opening would have been gone. Mate, if we like couldn't that. have Spider-Man catching criminals in a helicopter with webbing between the Twin Towers, yeah. then this, this whole film, you know. Yeah. It's, it's one of the tragedies of September 11 that this movie came out before it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is... It has been spared a whole... Whole terrible sequence. <laughs> a whole fifteen but then minutes. Maybe part of maybe part of why we feel like that about that plane crash is because of nine eleven. Like maybe life, that's yeah. 
that's made us go, oh no, this isn't funny anymore, yeah. or it's not it's not an exciting device for a drama. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird. That's a weird chicken and egg situation, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's it, it's it was it was bizarre watching it. The you know it's only a few nights ago for me, and just sitting there going, yeah. Oh, I'm all like, look, don't get me wrong. Everyone had talked down this film, but you know, I, mm. I still went into it thinking I would have fun. But it, it can't very- be that bad. Sure. Oh no, it really oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, we then uh, go to and discover Ethan Hunt climbing mountains by himself without a harness. Was this opening design just so we can see the moment where Tom Tom Cruise poses as (laughs) Xeno-Jesus? Like he's he's kind of – he just kind of holds himself between two rocks and he's – it's such a bizarre, unimportant start. Once again, we didn't need this. You know what? Like, remember in the last film, there was a discussion about how they decided they were going to blow up the fish tank. Yes. And the screenwriters were like, how? I can't fit this in. Yeah. Like, you know, you've decided that you're doing this, but I don't, like, the scene is weird. But they made it work. Yeah. And here, it's like, we're going to do this. And the the screenwriters are just going, oh, yeah, that can just be where you get your message. And it's like, no, this is, this is not. Because it doesn't really pay off. No, in the film, like he does, he climbs up a couple of shrubs on a rock, mate. Like <laughs> at it's... the end of the movie, he's like, it's like, oh yeah, he can climb a giant rock. So these three shrubs and a bit of <laughs> rock in Sydney Harbour should be fine. And it's like, yeah, because there's, there's not much there. <laughs> so funny. I was literally, get, you know, this is getting to, to the end of the film, but I was literally thinking, oh, she's going to fall off the cliff and he's going to have to climb down and get yeah, her. No. Like, no. no. Anyway, I have I have squid bits about this weird scene <laughs> for you. So, um, so anyway, this is how terrible the film was. Uh, it wasn't until I was checking my notes and that I was putting together this script for you mm. that I even remembered that Anthony Hopkins was in the film. <laughs> he's he's barely in it. Like in- I, I wonder if he was secretly playing the virus as well. Right. <laughs> So we didn't see that much of him. Right. He was doing some very heavy lifting there in the in the green gun. Did, was he was he here in Sydney on holidays, and he just happened to be in the same bar that uh, Tom was having dinner one Maybe. night and said you should appear in the film. And Hopkins was like, "Sure, why not? I'll, why not? I'll pass this whole holiday off on tax because I'll." No, I wish that was that would be a great story. What I what I fear has happened is they've they've signed him up, and again. Like the rock face, it's been left to the screenwriter to go, can you now slot in Anthony Hopkins? And they're yeah. like, um, as the young guy who's meant to look like you on the plane? No, maybe not him. Uh, uh, <laughs> like maybe just... maybe he could be the guy in the background helping out uh, Tom Cruise. No, sorry, we've yeah. already got his weird, ugly brother for that. <laughs> what about um, the CEO of the company? Oh, he did a terrible Australian accent in in Spotswood. No, <laughs> man, who would have thought that uh, Spotswood would come back to haunt him? But I can't, I can't even work out if he's a good guy in this. Like, is he? Like, he's kind of like yeah. he, he's he's ostensibly Cruz's new boss, but he's yeah. also playing it a bit shady. But that never pays off either. It just turns no. out that like I reckon he's just a sleazy boss who's probably yeah. you know off. Banging his secretary as soon as Cruz leaves. 
I think that like, yeah, the most the most awful thing he does is not tell Tom Cruise why he wants Tandaway to come and be on his team. Like yeah. Tom thinks it's because she's a, you know a master thief. Um, yeah, a, a cat burglar of the highest order. And yeah. in reality, it's because she used to bang that bloke. <laughs> yeah. Who looks a little bit like, like Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's like, which, you know. Uh, also, can we, oh, my God, can we talk about the car chase? Uh, well, <laughs> here, here we go. Let's. This is the next part of the script I had for you. So soon, Ethan is off recruiting Naya. Uh, Thandaway Newton, a professional thief operating in Spain, and the villain's ex-girlfriend. This takes ages, including a break-and-enter scene, some weird car chase that gets out of control, and Cruz and Newton bumping uglies, and by this stage, we're 21 minutes into the film. What would you rather watch? This build-up again, or two beige pair of slacks drying on a hill's hoist? <laughs> it just goes for so long and nothing happens. <laughs> and nothing and it's happens. Like, and it's like it's like John Woo's gone. Oh, let's let's do the the car chase from Goldfinger and make it boring. <laughs> <laughs> this is my take. Oh my lord! Like it, it's I don't know what the, the weird car, car, car ballet is. is. Yes, like the, there's the weird car ballet, and then she falls out the door, which is a, like. Why wasn't she wearing a seatbelt? <laughs> right, but How also did she fall out the door. Like it was just, yeah. There's there's better ways to flirt. Yeah, there's safer ways to flirt. Yeah, it's not okay. But you 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 know you could have literally just saved like 21 minutes of this film by just starting with her breaking and entering. There's Cruz. Yeah. They head off. We're yeah. in. Yeah. And then it turns, and then the reveal is he's recruiting it, and then we yeah. meet Hopkins. And that weird bit where he presses the button and sets all the alarms off, and it's like, oh, he's been in control the whole time, and it's like, yeah, I don't know, I didn't understand that either. Like it was just kind of just weird moments, and you're like, is this, is this making any sense? Oh yeah, because he's because according to the guy who owns the place that Newton is breaking into, mm. he's that guy's security detail. Yeah. How, like, so this brings me and back she's, to... And, and she's stealing some product placement Bulgari. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> and, but also, how does how does Ethan have time to go climbing rock faces when he's working for IMF and he's also a security detail guy? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's all, it's so contrived and out of control. It's just like, I think there's too many MacGuffins and there's no actual story happening. <laughs> Yes, yes. There's certainly very little uh, character development for anyone in this film. Like, And they behave weird. You know, I feel like part of the problem is John Woo's just come off Face Off, which is hugely successful despite being absolutely bonkers and makes no sense. But it's fun. It's got two really charismatic leads. It's exciting. And they've gone, oh, what, what better for John Woo than another movie where people swap faces? <laughs> well, the problem is, is that no one in this film's having a good time. Like at least in no. Face Off, Travolta and Cage, uh, you know, they're they're chowing down on the scenery together. Yeah, you know what it needed. It ne- like it needed someone of an equal stature to Tom Cruise, someone as right. famous as Tom Cruise. Yeah, so that you would have some fun scenes of Tom. And this other person 
whoever it was that was a big star at the time, I can't think of anyone, um, pretending to be each other. Like that right. would be fun. Right. Well, instead of do Grey Scott. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe you get Keanu in a bad guy role. Yeah. Fun. That would have been fun. Yeah. Like, or even Brad Pitt again. Like, let's yeah. get them back together. Like, right. you know. Redeem themselves. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's and there's it, all through this scene, there's heaps of slow uh, motion walking. Oh, and then Jesus. also her sexy mugshot is so, <laughs> like, like, you don't need to act sexy to have a hot mugshot. Go and check out David Bowie's mugshot. Go and check out Prince's mugshot. There's a lot oh. of people who have had... Sexy mugshots by not doing anything, and instead yeah. they've got her <laughs> looking like, is this a mugshot or is this about to be sent off to Tanya Powell Model Agency? Like, what is going on here? I'm doing a mugshot cover of Vogue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, I just I could not get over how young she was. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, she's like, she's, she's like twelve. Yeah, she's so young. How She's has so she young. become one of the best thieves in the world? When it like it looks like she just finished high school, right? Well, maybe she majored in thievery. It was oh, uh, maybe, yeah. home economics, <laughs> maths one, modern European history, English, and breaking and thievery. into safes, <laughs> breaking into safes. Uh, so they set her up to be uh, arrested. So then, uh, Dugray Scott can go and. Get her rescue and she can her, yeah. rescue her. Ah. So Ethan returns to Australia where the pharmaceutical company is based and he gets his team together. So we get Luther from the previous movie and we get Aussie mm-hmm. pilot Billy Baird, played by John Paulson, to uh, track the bad guy whose name is Ambrose, who has by this stage rekindled his relationship with Naya, even though he suspects she's probably not to be trusted. And uh, isn't he a bit old to be dating someone he doesn't trust. Like, don't you stop doing that kind of stuff oh, in your yeah. early 30s? <laughs> also, can we just talk about the fact that he's supposedly died in a plane crash yeah. and no one knows he's alive, Yeah, but he'll happily go to another country and spring her from prison and then bring her there. And it's like, just just, just be still missing. Right. Like, you're, you've fucked your own plan now. Yeah. By, like, uh, now we're going <laughs> to go to the races. Like... Keep a low profile, you pretend dead person. Right. It's like yeah, for for a guy who's undercover. Like it's it's like even even James Bond, who's a secret service spy who goes around introducing himself to everybody, is thinking, you're doing a really bad job. Oh my god. And also, like, you know, we're we we're we're blackmailing someone for what what is it like thirty-seven million dollars or however much it is. Yeah. And it's like, meanwhile, we're going to be staying in a house that probably costs that much on Sydney Harbour. Right. <laughs> Do not worry. So jetty. <laughs> right. I've got more that's about that as well. Like, you know, <laughs> that's why they had to. That's why they had to get that thirty-seven million just to make yeah. sure they got their deposit back. <laughs> <That's a rent. laughs> um, by the way, I have I have two quick questions for you. One is. Mm. Did they find the red filter for the Aussie Outback from a discarded Russell Mulcahy oh, film man. clip? Like Jesus. it's like we get it. It's red. Also, why are they in the Outback? Yeah, like where, it's in Sydney. It's be, like this is two thousand. This is still dial-up. No wonder Paul Luther's having all these. Remember, he's having all these internet problems. He'd be yeah. fine if they were in Redfern. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? 
there's so many sheep. So many sheep. It's like, what are you saying? <laughs> there's so much sheep shit everywhere. Right. And, and it's like, wh- why do you need to do your planning from here? Like, you're miles from Sydney now. Yeah, this is going to take ages. Like, Australia's a big place. And then also... <laughs> And then also, I've got this. I've just thought of this now. To be honest, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if. Um, uh, oh God, I've drawn a blank on his name. The actor in Avatar Two, the Aussie guy uh, that we know really well. Oh, uh, Brendan Cow. Brendan Cow. I wonder if he was inspired by John Paulson's performance in oh, Mission Impossible Two to be the broadest Aussie who's ever appeared in a blockbuster. John John Paulson has. I think John Woo's gone. Can you do Crocodile Dundee as a helicopter pilot? Yeah. <laughs> and he's gone, mate, I can. Yeah. <laughs> we fucking all can. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. He's the highlight of the film for me. He's, he, you know who else is giving that energy is um, oh, in Mortal Kombat. Uh, what's his face? Josh? Uh, no? Uh, I haven't. Oh, Josh Lawson. Josh Lawson does right. the same thing in Mortal Kombat. Like it's just you go. It's funny because he's being a you know a proper drongo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, I don't think this movie's any good, but you're being hilarious for no good reason. For, for no good reason. <laughs> well, then uh, my my second quick question for you is: Did you feel sad when Dougray Scott was trying to cut off Roxburgh's little finger? Because it seems like a harsh response, considering he's just saying what everyone is thinking, including Ambrose, which is oh, you can't man. trust it. Yeah. I like didn't he's... understand that scene either. I mean, I know it came back later on for very, for <laughs> in a really weird way, but it was just like a, yeah, this seems too much. Like, like he's literally saying what you've already told us and you're getting yeah. angry at him. It's almost like the scriptwriters needed to have a reason to reveal that that wasn't really Tom Cruise at the end. Yeah. Force this weird oh. scene in earlier. And also leave, you know, like leave a, uh, Cleaver alone. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Richard no. will always be Cleaver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so uh, Naya and Ambrose get their bogan on at the horse races and Naya steals a video of Ambrose meeting with the CEO of, what, what's it called again? Biosit? Is that how Bio, you pronounce bio, bio some shit. Something, yeah, bio <laughs> shit. Bio, bio shit, bio yeah. crap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Invisible aliens. <laughs> yeah, mate. So the CEO of BioShit, which shows them infecting someone with uh, Chimera. Is that how you pronounce it? Or Chimera? Chimera? Do they Chimera? call it Chimera? Yeah. Um, and thus blackmailing the CEO into working with them. She then returns the memory card to Ambrose, but she puts it in the wrong pocket. And for oh. a movie that is overly simple, why is this so complicated? <laughs> I don't. They like, and they try to make it look like it's a really important thing, and you're just like, no, she just looks like she doesn't know where her pockets are. Like, she just looks yeah. like Columbo looking for his lighter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Falk just patting all his pockets. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's um once again, and then there's this weird um. I've got to get you out of there. This is getting dangerous. Mm-hmm. and uh, The whole horse racing thing. I mean, I know it's down the road from where we both live and it's kind of exciting that they filmed right there. Yeah. But why did they go to the races? Yeah. 
And why didn't we see Limo? Like, why was <laughs> why, why didn't we see a whole lot of uh, arsehole friends of ours who work on breakfast radio who still think it's a good idea to go to the races? such a weird moment i'm like oh now they're at the races like someone's gone oh yeah the races are big in australia it's like well in melbourne they are i mean yeah. they do have big races up here but yeah i don't really know anyone who goes <laughs> i no. just know that it's there and it smells of poo when you walk past it, <laughs> it definitely smells of poo <laughs> maybe that's what the they cinema. did that they smelled that they smelled that it, uh, it stinks of shit and then they went oh well our our company's called buyer shit so this is a <laughs> perfect place to do it We've had enough of the the sheep shit. Now let's get some horse shit going. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's. A, I, I would love to get uh, Roxburgh and Paulson drunk and get them to reveal what it was like filming their scene together, where Roxburgh, oh. uh, you know, lays the smackdown on Paulson, but then with his weird Anglo-Saxon, Russian, Belarus, <laughs> Irish. <laughs> Scottish South accent, African. South African accent. <laughs> he then mimics Paulson's Aussie accent and makes fun yeah. of him. And it's like, even that's a babushka doll of fucking tripe. Like, what is I happening here? I just let him be Aussie. Know. It just, and it also, like, every scene looks expensive and overly staged. Like, yes. even that, even yeah. that looks like, <gasps> it's a big moment. It's like, it's, it's a couple of people having a tussle at the races, mate. Mate. Like, it's just. <laughs> It's just we've all watched videos of of drunk women falling into rose bushes. Yeah, we, we know what goes on at the races. It yeah. doesn't need to look this spectacular. No, no, you've spent way too much money on this. Uh, anyway, uh, Naya goes back with Anne. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ambrose and Ethan says, I'm going to get you out of there. And then uh, she goes and meets up with him and he says, no, you can't. You have to stay here. And then she goes back. But then it reveals that it was Ambrose who's mimicking Tom again. He's doing the full Ethan. Yeah. So she's confused. And meanwhile, Ethan plans to break into Bioshoot headquarters to destroy the (laughs) virus. But. But Ambrose, who in the past has impersonated Ethan, is one step ahead of him and counterplans mm. Ethan's original plan. And none of this works on paper. Like, like the idea of this guy who has had to mimic Ethan and yeah. therefore would know how he thinks and would therefore yeah. be able to be one step ahead and be able to spoil his plan. And mm. 
it doesn't work. Like it's it's such a kind yeah. of tensionless scene when it should be it should be the big scene. Yeah, and it's also I like. I know these movies have some stupid MacGuffins for why Tom Cruise needs to be lowered into things. <laughs> but this one is like almost beyond. Like it's because there's no tension in any of the, like, you know, the last film, De Palma sets up some beautiful tension in that scene where yeah. he's being lowered into the room. It's like we we understand all the stakes. He can't even sweat. He can't make a noise. Yeah. All of this. This one is like, there's some lasers and some doors open and close. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just drop from a helicopter through a vent. But I feel like this whole, like, I, I love the idea of this thing, but I mm. feel like it would have been so much more exciting if we heard Cruz planning it, then Ambrose uh, counter planning it, and then, yeah. and then Ethan Hunt is so good at what he does, mm. he notices something very early on is slightly not right. So, yeah. therefore, he starts to figure, hang on, this guy's had to impersonate me in the past. Maybe mm. he's thinking like me, so now I have to think further ahead again like you know yeah. you could have had a like a really interesting chess match but instead ambrose knows that he's going to do this and then they just shoot everybody walking in yeah. and draw as much attention as possible blow a hole in the wall <laughs> i will say the just in realistic terms this security system is fucked um, right, because all it takes is one stray fucking pigeon, and that shit pl- that place is getting locked down, and everyone's getting evacuated like right. three times a day. And I can tell you from experience, there is a a car dealership across the road from my house, and at three in the morning, sometimes, sometimes at midnight, sometimes at lunchtime, like their their fire alarm would go off, and I was complaining. I was like, "Why is this happening every day?" And they're like, "Oh, we think there are birds." getting into right. the the system like they're landing on the thing they're blocking something and it's causing the fire alarm to go off so we've just set it to be silent uh between you know knock off and 7 a.m yeah but, and then the place burnt down <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's still fucking there <laughs> i've been repainting it for weeks it's been so noisy um <sighs> but yeah like birds like yeah. there's this security system thinks that birds aren't just going to fly through a giant vent looking right. for a crumb. Yeah. Or it's... even just dropping a little turd down there. <laughs> and there and there are birds all the way through this movie. So I know, you know. there's so many birds. Like I'm it's not like they don't exist in this world. There right. are a lot of fucking birds. <laughs> right. But you know the the other thing they should have done with Ambrose is they should have made him um like like this was the kind of uh, which is the Bond film where uh, he goes up against uh, Sean Bean and and isn't Sean Bean oh, like his ex best friend or something like yeah, that or was, Sean Bean was 006. right yes <laughs> Alex Trevelyan yeah and that that's what Ambrose should have been to Ethan Hunt he should have been I, I think he was meant to be but I think Dugray Scott is just a bit meh right or there's something in the du- lack of direction like I just yeah. it, it anyway. It's just like, I don't know, like even Tom Cruise is not that charming in this film and he's normally compelling. And in this film, it's just like, what have you had had your hair done again in between scenes? (laughs) That's all I kept thinking was just like, we just had a blow wave. Like, why does it look like that? (laughs) I've never seen him more buffon. It's amazing. It's just like, 
funny. Like he, he looks like a twink from the early 2000s. It's like, oh, they've obviously got the gayest hairdresser in Sydney to come and work on this right. film. It's like, no, I've got to, I've got to rejuge Tom's hair. It's a little bit flat. Right. <laughs> so funny. By the, by the way, this is a, just a side note. Did I tell you that when I was getting my hair cut uh, mm. the other day that um, the uh, hairdressers at the uh, salon I go to, who mm. uh, the, the majority of them are gay, and I was there when the news came through that the Sugar Babes were the closing act at the Mardi Gras, and Ooh. it was hilarious because that, that would have been a squeal that you could that only dogs could hear right it took it took ages before my hair started getting cut because they were too busy posting and laughing at things that like like people riding oh that's great now who's the closing act you know things like that anyway. um another another quick question for you we, we've kind of touched on this already but um Jeez, Brendan Gleeson is used so poorly in this film. You know, uh, the, the switcheroo with him to get yeah. the information out of him is so boring that when it's revealed so what is boring. happening, you don't give a shit. Because like they, they do that in other films and it's and it's fun. Like it's yeah. really and it's cheesy and it's a bit kitsch. And this yeah. is oh, it's so dry. Oh. I can't remember which one it is, but the one where the guy with the manifesto and they've faked the news services and stuff. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is great. Right. With, it's Wolf Blitzer, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. I get Wolf Blitzer in on the act. Like he's in the next room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is just that you're like, oh, no. Like it's just boring. And it's, yeah, I, I did not... I didn't get this at all. Like you just go, isn't this something like this feels like like you should just, you could have just hacked his email. It would have been quicker and easier. Right. You should have just hacked his email. <laughs> this- also, I have a huge problem with why they have like they've got all these doses of this disease, and I don't know why so many of them are in weird. <laughs> weird gun-shaped syringes. Oh like- yeah, that you can easily inject yourself. Like this, it seems like it's very strange. Like it, it's just, it should just be in little vials. Like yeah. you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to if you for some reason get through this lax security, be able to get these guns and shoot yourself up. And and I know people are thinking, why would you shoot yourself up with the virus? Well, we started the movie that way, and then Naya injects the viral oh. of Chimera, Shamira. Let's call the whole thing off. So, <laughs> and and then. <laughs> Like people love injecting themselves in this film, and then oh, so man. she she injects Again, herself with it. It's the only way to make an invisible enemy interesting is right. putting it in a weird gun and shooting yourself with it. And it's like, what? Well, that's not helping. No, like it's she's still like, and also, you know, something that uh, from the the talk early in the film is disfiguring and horrible, and people bleed through the eyes. Yeah. You know, she seems fine for much of it. She just gets a bit dizzy. <laughs> she gets a bit dizzy. She gets a bit dizzy. And disoriented and forgets where she is and can't use sat-nav anymore. <laughs> right. That's the worst thing that happens to her. Well, fair enough, too, because she's very pretty. So who wants to see her not looking pretty? Oh, you know? speaking of sat-nav, the ridiculous laptop. There's only one laptop in the world that can find her stupid signal in her ankle oh. that's going to the satellite. It's like, like no. No, there's, there's heaps, mate. There's heaps. 
<laughs> Luther has even less to do in this uh, film than uh, the previous one as well. Like it's and, and less to do than Brendan Gleeson or Anthony Hopkins. Like I right. think all three of them must have been like, "What the fuck have we signed up for? This is shit." <laughs> I, I hope they were having like really good poker games, you know, yeah. or you know, while while they waited around for oh <laughs> Tom's hair to be given a new. <laughs> The spray of lacquer, <laughs> man. So, so Nye injects the final vial of uh, the virus into her, and then she begs Ethan to kill her, and therefore they can get rid of the virus, which is strange. Yeah. I'm guessing Nye would never have moved to the northern beaches of Sydney with this approach to random injections. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh... <laughs> anyway. How the world we'll... has changed. Yes, <laughs> just let that one sit. <laughs> Big shout out if you're up there. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, so anyway, Ambrose heads to some uh, weird island to sell mm. uh, the cure to the CEO of Bioshit, and then trick them into giving Ambrose billions of dollars. Uh, meanwhile, oh. Ethan uses his rock climbing skills to walk oh, up man. a mild incline. It's not even a hill. <laughs> like the like you know, Frog Hollow in Story Hills is a higher. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so funny. So he infiltrates the island and then like just there's some weird things, like he's sneaking around. And then mm-hmm. he walks really slowly past the doorway so everyone can see that it's him. Oh, my and, God. And, and then he goes and hides and then a, a fucking pigeon. Oh, my God. This Like, what, and, what is it with all the fucking pigeons? And, and that one white dove. And that one <laughs> white dove. He, he was just visiting. and uh, <laughs> Just like the one pink dove. <laughs> <laughs> And then Roxburgh, like, you know, there's all this uh, turmoil going on and he hears one pigeon kind of go, and he's suddenly like, hang on a second, I reckon Tom Cruise is back here. (laughs) Hanging out with pigeons. Hanging with pigeons. Then he gets to punch on. Yeah. And uh, then it looks like... In the pigeon shit. In the pigeon shit. So we've had sheep shit, horse shit, shit, and now pigeon shit. Yeah. And all all from buyer shit. All from buyer shit. (laughs) And then it looks like that Roxburgh's won and he mm. gets dragged in and Ambrose is kicking the shit out of Tom Cruise and then he looks down and he sees Tom Cruise has got the same bit of finger missing that he chopped <gasps> off his mate because he had the audacity to say, hey, you know that person you don't trust? I don't think we trust her either. And then he realises that's Roxburgh with a mask on and then that explodes. There's lots of explosions. Yeah. And lots of explosions. Then, uh, Pigeons Tom, everywhere. Tom ends up on a motorbike. <laughs> And, oh my uh, god, the motorbikes! The motorbikes, like I, I really like motorbikes in a chase. Like I, yeah, you know, I come from, I was raised on the Great Escape, so mm. you know, I get very chips. excited. I love chips. I've still got it stuck in my head after all these years. <laughs> Posh Me- and John, they were the best. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, Naya's been let loose in Sydney to spread the virus, but somehow ends up at four clues. So if anyone yeah. knows a bus that gets you from the city to the cliffs that quickly, can they please share it with me? Because that would be great. She, she gets there whip smart. Yeah. It's so... And it's, Ubers don't like to go there because they get stuck there and then I can't get back out again. They can't get back out. They hate it. They hate it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, so then we have a motorbike chase and uh, there's some shooting uh, and then uh, we have a fight and that fight is like sometimes in a fight, you know, you have choreography, but sometimes mm. I, I think a f- for a fight to be effective, they shouldn't keep resetting to do their high kicks and it's like there's a couple of uh, look there's a few times they could have won both fights i really enjoy it in john wick when everyone just stands around waiting for keanu to get around to hitting them like i think it's amazing yes <laughs> especially the later ones where it's like oh he's an old bloke we'll just we'll just right. we'll just hang here until he's gives yeah. me a pop in the head <laughs> yeah just just slow down everyone but that's fine I'm fine with it, but this is just, yeah. I'm, and I get that it's, you know, John Woo doing, um, you know, he's a, an amazing director of Hong Kong cinema. Like yes. he does a lot of uh, kind of kung fu action films. And this is like, it It almost does kind of some kung fu moves and you're like, have we established that either of them are any good at this? Right. Or just... Tom's just taken to leaping and hitting people with both feet from at a 90 degree angle. Right. <laughs> landing on his ass and then flicking back up again. Like it's just, yeah. I don't know. Like if, you know, if, if Michelle Yeoh was in it, I'd be like, yeah, show me, show me her kicking the shit out of someone. I'm into it. Yeah. You know, when she's in James Bond, it's like, yeah, awesome. Great. Yeah. But I, I just feel these two just, it's, yeah, it's not a fun action sequence at all. Also, he, he, sand. Sand is never fun. No, no. I, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, whoever Ugh. even wins this fight is going to have awful dermatitis. Like, oh, this yes. is going to be terrible. Anyway. Yes. Uh, You're going to so chafe them badly. <laughs> so so the, the fight goes for hours and then uh, Ethan finally manages to inject Naya with the cure because I was starting to worry because she started to look really tired from this yeah. disease that's meant to eat your face off. Well, um, you know, the, the bus ride for, to Vaucluse, it's a long one. It's a long one. It's a long one. <laughs> and, then, um, and then the IMF clears her criminal record so the two of them can have a holiday at the Opera House, which is mm-hmm. very nice. And uh, what? so my question for you going through this, this finale hmm. that just lasted forever, what was the yep. highlight? Watching Roxburgh get to punch Cruz the random pigeons or the moment the credits start? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my only highlight is Hans Zimmer's score. Like Hans Zimmer got to have fun doing Mission Impossible and then sadly uh, got Fred Durst right at the end. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Like everything. Everything's wrong with it. But you can definitely hear in Zimmer's uh, soundtrack, you can hear what I feel like is the, the DNA for what he goes on to do with Batman. Yeah, yeah. Just a few oh, things. Oh, yeah, definitely. Here and yeah. there, but you go, ah, oh, I wonder if you took, if you looked and went, well, all that music was wasted for that movie. Maybe if I take those little bits and pieces, I can turn it into yeah. something else. It's, yeah. Because I think Zimmer's done some great scores, but yeah, and... I I know one of his um, protégés uh, did maybe the first Christopher McQuarrie one. Right. Um, and it has some very, you know, Dark Knight-esque moments. But, uh, yeah, I just, 
I don't like. I just don't know what's happening with this film. Like, it's a mess. It's a like, mess. It's an it's, absolute mess. Like, I think uh, Town has, you know, walked off the reservation at some point while writing this film and going, "Yeah, that'll do." Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I wrote Chinatown. Do I need to really prove myself anymore? No. Nah. Right. Well, I've I've got some stuff in the squid bits for you, which will probably <laughs> shine a light as to what was going wrong with this. So, uh, uh, a, a few a few segments to finish off uh, this mm-hmm. uh, uh, chat. Uh, segment: Who and how? Which character do you think you would be, and how would you react in their place? Uh, I think I would be Tom Cruise's cousin, because um, <laughs> I would definitely make the mistake of having bleached hair and a dark beard. Um, yeah. <laughs> Or in my case, no hair and a grey beard. Um, but just yeah. like that that weird mismatch. You know, people who dye their, their hair and you're like, why wouldn't you do your eyebrows and your moustache? Yeah. Like, <laughs> since you're there. That, well, didn't he play Ethan in Lost? He did. Yeah. yeah. And he was very good on that. Yeah, he was great. It's, yeah. He's 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 a decent actor, but I just I don't know what he's doing here. Like it's yeah. it's very weird. Oh, he must have but, been yeah. out on holidays, helping out with the kids, and yeah, he got paid off with a couple of scenes. <laughs> uh, I reckon I'd be the pigeon who gives away where Ethan is hiding, and I'd get <laughs> I'd I'd keep getting in the way so Roxburgh wins the fight. <laughs> I just I just wish they they had of you know. Got some Stevie Nicks going on in that moment. Right. <laughs> Ooh, babu, babu. Would have been fantastic. Um, segment uh, zero charisma. Uh, mm-hmm. I had um, the whole movie. Oh yeah, the least interesting character was either Tom's cousin Brendan Gleeson, uh, or Naya. Um, yeah, <laughs> Grace Scott, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Sydney, the pigeons. Oh mate. <laughs> It's a disaster. The sheep. <laughs> the horse racing. Like, this, none of it is, like, it It all looks like it's meant to be good. Yeah. And none of it is actually any good. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I don't understand this film at all. Mate. So, um, segment- like even, even during the motorbike chase, it looked like, you know, John Woo's gone, oh, this must be where they film Mad Max. Look at this. <laughs> it's like it had this kind of Mad Max-esque sort of yeah. vibe to it. It's like, oh, yeah, he's an angry car chase with, you know, gum trees and everything. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that kind of went nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, you, you kind of can't get your head around how everything works. Yeah. Like, like you kind of can't work out how you get from point A to point B and then you just pop up in random places and, you know, one minute they're leaving an island, next minute they're, you know, you're right, they're, it feels like they're near Cooper PD and then the next minute yeah. they're, they're at the cliffs and next minute they're on the beach and it's like, what is and happening? Also, like, just the, the weird, like, you know, going out of your way to dress up as Tom Cruise and put your sticker on your neck to catch her out as being a bullshit artist and it's like yeah i reckon you could have just asked her a direct question and she would have gone oh i don't know yeah (laughs) that could have been that entire scene solved instead instead you spent five hours getting dressed up in uh tom cruise cosplay to find out what you could have done with just a question are you rooting Tom Cruise and are you secretly planted here? No, 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 no. Yeah, she definitely is. Yeah, what, what you could have done is just asked her and then gone to Sydney Hospital with Richard Roxburgh so he could have his finger reattached. Reattached. Yeah, sorry about that. This is all my fault. 
Um, the segment, better or worse, ruin or improve the movie with one decision. Uh, I have something for you, which ties back mm-hmm. into something that you said earlier. I would replace Luther. So I'd, mm. I'd have Ving Rhames sit this one out. And yep. I would have Paul Hogan as Australia's greatest computer hacker, but he does everything <laughs> lo-fi. So instead of talking on phones, he uses two tins with a bit of long string and things like that. He's analog. <laughs> like when he used to make toast by uh, using the, the, the flame thing. What yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then uh, the blowtorch. And then, um, the blowtorch. That's and then, it. <laughs> and then John Paulson could have been his nephew who flies helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would improve it with one big decision and I think this would also improve the films of Zack Snyder and that is to break the overcrank on the uh, on the film right. so you couldn't do any slow motion it just yeah. became impossible it's yeah. busted, we can't yeah. do it Yeah, could have knocked off 30 minutes of this film oh my god, yeah it's interminable. Um, like, did you get also, panic attacks every time it went into slow motion? Oh, I just started going, <laughs> oh, is this is this Wonder Woman in the bank again? <laughs> <laughs> just like, why with the slow motion? It doesn't like it doesn't help anything. You yeah. know what? It was great in the Matrix. Yes. Because it was used sparingly yes. and effectively. And also you're in a virtual world, so it made sense for it suddenly to be in slow motion. Like, he could yeah. see faster than anyone. Yeah. Just because you want to get some fucking pigeons taking off and shitting on their, each other's heads. There's <laughs> no need to overcrank the film. Just let like, the pigeons fly. Like, yeah. just let them go. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> But yeah, also find a find a better reason for stunts. Like right. being on holiday and getting a a text message in your glasses that they're then going to explode. Yeah, is no reason for you to be hanging on the side of a rock. No, it's that ridiculous. scene was unearned. Unearned, it was an unearned stunt. Uh, okay, you we are you hold on to your pants. <laughs> Um, I'm excited. Segment Top Gun Maverick emotional scale. I've got DOA. There's more emotions in the three dots of Iceman's incoming text messages than this whole film. (laughs) (laughs) This like I have nothing. Like just it's 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 cold and. This film, for a very long time, I could not stand this. Like, if I saw the the Newton uh, yeah. in the credits, I'd be like, oh, I can't watch this film. She's terrible. I hate her. Right. She's awful. Yeah. And she's truly execrable in this film. Like, yeah. she's... Everyone. But everyone's everybody. bad. Yeah. They're all working with nothing. Yeah. Uh, and they're not doing much with it. Yeah. <laughs> but she's really young and inexperienced as well. I know. You know? It's I know. A, I forgive so her now because she's been amazing. Yes. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I, I saw her. Uh, I think her daughter was on maybe uh, Seth Meyers, and hmm. she was telling a story about. Uh, I'm paraphrasing because I only just saw it once. Uh, yeah. But um, she, she was at some theatre event with her mum, and Boris Johnson was there, and she wa- walked up and said something along the lines of, "You're a real shithead. Have a. Uh, I hope you enjoy the theatre." <laughs> And Seth Meyers was like, um, oh, well, good on her for saying that he, she hoped that he enjoyed the theatre. <laughs> it's polite. Yeah. Um, we were watching The Last of Us the other day, which uh, her daughter stars in, in yes. the first episode. Um, and Gary's gone, oh, that looks like Maeve. Like, is that Maeve's daughter? And I'm like, no, you're being racist. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> made him feel bad. She looks exactly like her at that yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's so, like, because it is her. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's so hilariously cruel to Gary. Oh man, uh, so much like her. So much like her. Uh, the segment Vanilla Sky Sexual Chemistry Award. Uh, I have here. I wish the floppy disky had in his mouth returned for this movie, as he had way more chemistry with that than anyone in this film, including Luther. <laughs> you know what's weird is I remember it being a big thing that 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 Tandaway Newton was in this because she just made flirting with Nicole Kidman, and that was like a kind of a big deal. And you're like, oh well, are they mates? Is that how she mm. got on the film? Why wouldn't you just get Nicole Kidman? Mm. <laughs> like, see, that would have been more fun. What if Nicole Kidman was the Do Gray Scott character? Oh like, yes, that's a great film. Yes, yes. There's some, there's some sparring. Well, and then, then she's playing Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. Would have made the fight scenes more enjoyable. Yes. Yeah. Like Mr. and Mr. Smith. Yes. <laughs> Man. But, yeah, just, oh, my God. Like, there's the chemistry in this film could curdle milk. Like, yeah. no one has any. I think that the one scene I thought was they were great together was the one where they were in the bath. Yes, and trying to steal the necklace like that was a there was some frisson in that moment. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going. Oh no, they're, they're, now they're racing cars. Now they're racing cars. <laughs> yeah. uh, the segment where are we now? How close are we to the technology in the film? You know, up after the COVID and all the vaccines, I feel like we we we, we know where we're at. <laughs> yeah, you know what technology I I do think we have arrived at is I mean you can't use it as a sticky on your neck, but. Being able to completely fake someone's voice oh, is yeah. absolutely a thing now. Yeah. Like that is a that is something you can do. Like yeah. you could you could just take your podcast and just start typing it in. <laughs> and then right. AI can make your voice happen. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing so much work. That's actually a really good point. <laughs> um so uh, so I have some squid bits for you. Mm-hmm. Um so due to rumours that De Palma and Cruz didn't get along during the first film, this begins the long-running pattern of different directors taking on each instalment of the series. Uh, Robert Town returned to pen the script from a story mm. by Star Trek writers uh, Brannon Braga and Ronald D. Moore. He discovered the action sequences were already planned before he began to write. Oh, poor Robert Town. So uh, Town said... So what it really came down to is somebody saying, these are the action sequences that we've got. How about telling the story? That's unusual. That was the most challenging thing about it, starting with the action sequences and using them to tell the story. So I I feel like there's one of the first building blocks in understanding what was going wrong with this. Yeah, the tail is wagging the dog. Yes. Uh, The film went back to the editing room numerous times to make certain... It secured <laughs> a PG-13 rating. Oh, it was too rude. It was, it was too rude. It was, it was too face-offy. Yeah. So they had to keep bringing him back. Cruz continued to perform his own stunts. He insisted on the scene where Ethan free climbs a mountain in Utah because, according to him, there was no better way to introduce the character. There, There's a lot better ways to introduce the character. Like... like heaps like just cutting yeah. out that whole first 17 minutes and have him 
appearing in the bathtub with Thandaway Newton. Yeah. But also, like, if he's gonna, if he wants to do the free climbing sequence, wouldn't it be better to have someone chasing him for some reason? Like that this is a dramatic moment instead of I'm an idiot who has climbed a cliff and now I'm literally hanging off a cliff for no good reason. Well, he, because he, I'm a psychopath. Because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> well, he could have been. Um, he could have been chasing someone. Yeah, that's a, that's actually yeah. great. Yeah, it's um, you know that could have been the start of the film. Him chasing someone down and then. Just yeah. when he thinks, um, you know, just when he's caught the person, then the helicopter appears and shoots the thing and he says, where were you guys 10 minutes ago? And yeah. then he opens it up. Oh, I'm already on another mission. Jeez. Yeah, that's, you know, this is how a James Bond works. Like the opening where you introduce the character is its own little mini film. Yes. Like it's a tiny little moment and you're like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's not even part of this story. That's uh, yeah. a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, the wasted uh, opportunity. Like, like he could have climbed that mountain, and that would have been fine. But, but give me a reason for it. Give me instead a reason. Instead of I'm just hanging around as someone delivers me some glasses, mate. There, there was the text there, there, there was literally no better way to introduce a character. There, there are thousands of better ways, mate. You know why Anthony Hopkins oh. was brought into the film? It's because he gets to say uh, the words "Mission Impossible," and they needed it yeah. to be said with gravitas. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, that's that's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. <laughs> so um, there was no safety net uh, while Cruz was doing all this uh, mountain climbing, but he did have a harness and a thin wire, and he managed to tear his shoulder jumping from one part of the cliff to another. Oh, Tom. Yeah. Uh, Dugray Scott was injured in a motorcycle accident and was forced to drop out of his next project, and that's how Brian Singer came to case uh, to have uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. In yeah. the X Men, so how do you think he would have gone as Wolverine? I mean, he's the stature of the character as he appears in the comics, so that would have been interesting. Oh right, um, yeah. Because uh, Hugh Jackman is quite a unit; he's yeah. big. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think he would have been. I think he would have been more of the kind of scrappy. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's very good at doing the American accent. Um, mm-hmm. So they may have just ended up making him Scottish. Right. Who knows? Right. Uh, I mean, I know he's meant to be Canadian, but whatever accent that Hugh's doing, it's fine. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I feel, I don't know that, I think it's just one of those things. It was such a breakout moment for Hugh Jackman that it's, I don't think Do Grey Scott would have, had Hugh Jackman's career. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would have been as amazing as Wolverine as Hugh Jackman has been. Yeah. And, and I don't think he would have stuck with it either. I think he would have bowed out after, like, two movies. Yeah. Whereas Hugh's like, yeah, no, nah, I'll do another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank goodness. It, was, it wasn't until we started getting the majority of the Wolverine and all of Logan <laughs> that we were finally getting, you know, yeah, I mean, he's like. doing it again. He's doing, he's doing oh, no. Deadpool, for Christ's sakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> think about, think of, all the chickens in the world are going, oh, no, there's going to be so many of us eating at four in the morning for him to get his protein on. Oh, my God, his egg white omelets. <laughs> so um, when this film was released, it became the highest grossing movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like... 
oddly oh, depressing. I remember it was like a big thing, like you know, the premiere was like a whole big, you know, thing. It was, and and there were so many stories of it because it was filmed here. It was like it was always kind of in the news. Oh, they're filming a thing. There's Tom Cruise's at the shops. Like you know, it was yeah. a big like there was a big Hollywood film being made here. Like no one gave two shits when Keanu was running around the streets in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Tom Cruise is here with a massive, big production. It was humongous. Um, so I was, I, I think like a lot of Australians, I was sick of it when it came out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God we can stop hearing about fucking Mission Impossible. Oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, Wu is the only director, though, who wasn't asked to return for the next instalment. Oh, uh, so did they ask De Palma to return? And he said no. Yeah, Poor, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the implication. Uh, his first cut of the movie came in at three and a half hours. Jesus Christ, how much slow motion was there in the first version? Right. <laughs> the slow motion putting the things in the pockets and not knowing which pocket. <laughs> yeah. So Paramount Pictures said the final length couldn't exceed two hours and this resulted in plot holes and continuity errors in the theatrical mm. cut. So... Uh, the, uh, the Savelle scenes were also shot in Australia on Argyle Place in the Rocks. The mansion oh. is the city's most expensive house, Boomerang, Billiard Avenue, on the waterfront of Elizabeth Bay. So that there was here. Uh, so, uh, Thandaway Newton, in a 2020 interview, said that Cruise was heavily stressed over the expectations of the sequel being good and was upset yeah. during the shooting of the balcony sequence because she had the shittiest lines. And the two decided to reverse role-play each other as practice. However, it was unhelpful for her and pushed her into a place of terror and insecurity. And after shooting was finished for the day, she contacted Jonathan Demi, telling him what, uh, uh, told him what had happened. And then looking back, Newton said about Cruz, bless him, and I really do mean bless him, because he was trying his damnedest. So yeah. I reckon that's part of the problem with the lack of content, uh, like the lack of chemistry is she yeah. was young and inexperienced and terrified with everything that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're making uh, a movie with Tom Cruise. Like, he's the biggest star in the world at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Feast Phallus, where wooden figures are burned in the streets, isn't celebrated in Seville, but in Valencia. <laughs> the figures no. also never represent saints, but celebrities from politics, sports, society life, etc. <laughs> Uh, Tom Cruise has probably been one of those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why he changed it. And uh, the story contains many similarities to the Alfred Hitchcock film Notorious, starring mm -hmm. Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant from 1946. That's a great film. Yeah. I haven't watched that in a long time. That's, uh, uh, that, uh, reading that was like, oh, yeah, I do want to watch that again. So uh, it's, it's far less convoluted than anything in this. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I know. So uh, the final segment of Sum It Up, what does this movie mean to you? Oh, it's, it's, it's just a wasted opportunity. It's a mess. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, it's not even a good advertisement for Australia or Sydney. It's just... No. Ugh. Yeah. It's an, it's an advertisement for pigeon shit. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I reckon that I think it's like the worst type of action film in that it's just really boring. Yeah. It's all the excesses of face off with none of the tongue in cheek. Yeah, none of the charm. 
yeah, it takes itself far too seriously and there is nothing serious in this film. I, to be honest, I got to the end and I know, like I've seen the other Mission Impossible movies mm. and I'm quite surprised, even if it was a big box office hit, that they gave it another go. But, oh, like, that must be the only thing. years later, saved. like there is a big gap, there between, is a big gap between this one and the J.J. Abrams one. Like this, I think it was like a lot of, really? You reckon you want to do another one of those? Because yep. do you remember the last one, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> It is a it is a bit of a subtle reboot, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm giving this one and a half Tom Tom Cruise jaw flexes out of five. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm giving it a steaming number two, just to go with the theme. Yes. <laughs> of the 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 sheep shit, the horse shit, the pigeon shit, and buyer shit. It's getting a steaming number two. A steaming number two. <laughs> and what a perfect way to finish it up the good thing is is that it's all uphill uh all downhill oh, from yeah. here we've, we've we've gone through the hard part and uh this, this is the worst one and now we get to get back to enjoying this uh yeah. this franchise uh thank you very much adam where can people find you uh, uh adam richard has a theory uh and me i am a memoir the meaning of the meaning of mariah carey podcasts if you want to hear me rabbiting on about things or you can Follow me on Twitter if that still exists this week. Uh, <laughs> Richard also on Instagram or Fabulous Adam Richard on Facebook. Thank you, Adam. Thanks to Adam for joining me on this podcast. We recorded the episode for Mission Impossible 3 today that's right we did it today so keep an eye out for that one next month a uh, quick reminder that i have two shows appearing at this year's melbourne international comedy festival on april 16 i will be hosting big squid live at the melbourne town hall with guests celia pacola and josh earl as we compete against each other to create the great aussie movie list and then on april 17 my award-winning return to stand-up comedy little victories will also be appearing at the melbourne town hall my listeners can access discount tickets by using the promo code podcast to save money on their ticket purchases. Since this is my first Melbourne Comedy Festival since 2019, I'm hoping we can get some big numbers to the show. And if we can do that, then we can book in more shows throughout the year. So hopefully you can make it and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you there. I'm back on Thursday with Dude Cinema Podcast co-host Beck Charwood. In the meantime, I hope you're well and look forward to your company in the near future. Until then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.